the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you a Christian leader, entrepreneur, or lifelong learner seeking to unlock your leadership potential? Dr. Derek Greer's Renaissance Leadership Network provides you with biblical principles and practical life lessons from top leaders, influencers, and experts across the world. It's time to remove limitations and start seeing world-class measurable results in your ministry, business, or otherwise. Go to rlnleadership.com and register for our next free monthly leadership session. That's rlnleadership.com. Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. Hello, we're so glad that you joined us today. This is the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer. We believe that this teaching from God's Word will empower you to live a full, impactful life in Christ. As always, you can access this teaching and more for free on our YouTube channel at Grace Church VA TV. Let's get into the Word. So open your Bibles, your phone, or whatever it is you have going on to Mark 10. Now they came to Jericho. This was Jesus's last stop before Jerusalem. And a few verses earlier, Jesus told his disciples that he would be betrayed, he'd be condemned, he'd be mocked, he would be spit upon, scourged, and killed when he went to Jerusalem. Now, on our highways, usually there's a sign that says, last exit before a bridge. And these signs are designed to to warn us that if we don't exit, we're going to be locked into a route in which there's no way out. And Jericho here was Jesus's last chance to escape the impending conflict in Jerusalem. You know, the truest tests of character is what we do when the right thing and the hardest thing happen to be the same thing. And this is what Jesus was confronted with. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great multitude, so it's a lot of people following Jesus, is a buzz and uh, people are paying attention. Everyone knew something was about to go down. The hostility between Jesus and the religious leaders had uh, uh, reached the climax, and everyone was waiting for the explosion. Jesus at this point could have turned around and went home where it was far more comfortable. He could have got away from it all, but he was about to perform his last miracle before the cross. 
So out of this, again, you know, this huge crowd, people thronging, we're introduced to this man named Bartimaeus. It says, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus. And that verse lets you know this is not a mythical person. This is a son of somebody. This is somebody that meant something to a family. This was a man with a history. And this man sat by the road. And if you were there, you would say the atmosphere was palpable. Jesus was heading toward uh, Jerusalem and it was about to happen. It was about to go down. And everybody, you know, wanted to see what, what, what was going to happen. I, I may have told you before, but when I was a, a, a youngster, when there was a fight after school, you know it because that bus would be overrun with kids. And uh, uh, what would happen? Because everyone wants to see a fight. And uh, uh, so, so, you know, when, when, when there was a buzz and, and you know, there was, you know, it could be the sixth bus, everyone was getting on the sixth bus. You almost wanted to get on the bus, even if you want to see the fight, just to be with everybody else. But this is what was happening. There was this type of electricity in the air. And here you have Bartimaeus begging. I don't really have a problem with someone asking me for something that I could pay back or, or something I could somehow reciprocate. But a beggar is someone that has nothing to give in return. Begging can be humiliating. But the reality is, my Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may lift you up in due season. So in some sense, we all come to God as beggars. We have nothing to offer God but our need. But we will see later in these verses, though we come to God as beggars, he never intended for us to stay this way. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth. Now, Bartimaeus couldn't see for himself, so he had to hear from others. And the same is true today. People will not see unless we tell them. And this is why we we do all we do and everything within our power to to get the word out on the radio, TV, internet, uh, word of mouth, books, articles, whatever. If a camel helped, I drive a camel to church every Sunday. It's by any means necessary. We want to reach our generation, the people we love, with the love of Jesus. So Jesus passing by, there's a mob, he's an important figure. I mean, he's a, he's a rabbi, he's an elevator rabbi at this point, the most talked about and celebrated at this moment. And here's this nobody on the side of the road, and he began to what? Cry out. So this was not only Jesus' final stop before he got to Jerusalem or Calvary. Uh, deep down inside, Bartimaeus knew that this was probably his final chance to receive a miracle from God. And when you get down to last and final, life gets a lot more serious and, and you don't miss opportunities the, the, the same way. You see, sometimes we get so focused on uh, finding the perfect opportunity that, that we, we, we miss the right opportunity. And this on the surface didn't look like the perfect opportunity uh, because there's so many people. Jesus had place to go, people to meet, things to do. But, but nonetheless, he, he knew it was his moment and you don't want to miss your moment with God. 
It, it took me a lot of years to, to understand this, but I, I've learned that I have to spend more time focusing on progress than perfection. You see, you have critics that, well, you know, when you get something slightly wrong, you know, they're just going to, you know, they, they have their, their soapbox and they're just going to milk it for everything it's worth. But, but the goal is not to be perfect. The goal is to make progress. And, and I, I want to disabuse you of a notion. We kind of think that, that, that progress kind of happens in a neat way. But the reality is progress is very, very messy. I want to take you to a proverb that has helped me, Proverbs 14 and 4. The writer says, where there is no oxen. What's what's this deal with oxen? Well, oxen were the premier um, farm animals or work animals of the day. These were the tractors and the combines of the ancient world. He said, where there are no oxen, the manger is clean. Basically, what he's saying is when no work is being done, there are no messy problems to deal with. And a lot of folks romanticize church work. But I want to tell you, anywhere kingdom business is getting done, if you look closely, you're going to find problems. Yeah. You know, the grass is always greener on the other side, but only because there's more manure there. And if there's more grass here and more animals or well, people being fed, it's because sometimes we're up to our waist in manure. We think Jesus just came down and just spoke and everything went well. Well, first of all, it took him uh, probably at least a year for him to get all 12 disciples. You think he just started with all 12. No, he just started with a few. And then that grew over time. And then with that, he had some years of popularity, but then people got mad at him and started kicking him out of the synagogue. So he had to preach outside the synagogue to people. And then by the time he died, I mean, there was such tension and all the rest that the, the chief priest is like, well, you know, let, let, let this man die for the nation because he's all these messianic expectations and everything. Let, let, let's kill him to save the nation because if we try to fight Rome, even Jesus couldn't defeat Rome. But, but the point is, you kind of have this notion that, you know, he just kind of called some men off the shore and said, hey, you know, leave your boats, come follow me. That's not what happened. They followed him for a while and finally they left and there was, uh, uh, there was some progress. There, there was a uh, 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 process involved in what happened. Where there are no oxen, the manger is clean. So you want to go to a perfect church, go to a church with no people. Where there are no oxen, the manger is clean, but abundant crops come by the strength of the ox. Proverbs is saying the mess of the oxen is worth it. And if you can't handle mess, you cannot handle success. One of the most powerful things a woman can do, one of them, is have a baby. But how many of you have been in the delivery room? How many of you know how messy 
that room becomes. I know in the movies, when you watch it, you know, she goes in with a bump on her belly. And then you see the part where the doctor handles, hands her the baby. Everyone kisses and smiles. But that's not, let me tell you, that's not the way it happens. It's one of the most beautiful messes you will ever see. You see her strength, but you're almost afraid for her at the same time. And my wife's so little, I was like, I didn't know that she had that type of strength in her to put, it was a nine, my, my, my last one was a nine pound baby. Yeah. But you could look at them now all neatly, you know, grown up and taking care of themselves. It didn't start out that way. It did not start out that way. And in life, many of the most beautiful things are messy. You know, when we look at the cross, we wear them on our ears or around our necks, etc. You know, it, 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 it's so sterile. You have no idea. It was not just Jesus walked to the cross, they nailed some nails into his hand, and then it was over. He died. No, they beat him. They mocked him. They scorned him. Blood splattered all over the place. You could see inside his stomach because the whip had, had pulled the skin off him. I mean, probably one eyebrow was a little bit higher than the other from the beating that he took on his face. It was a bloody mess. But out of that mess came the beauty of redemption. So many of us, you want to give up. You want to walk away because it's messy. No mess, no success. All success comes with a little bit of mess. Mark 10, 46. So Jesus is going to Jerusalem. You, of course, you just want him to have a straight shot and all the rest. Got a lot of things on his mind. He's about to be killed. He's been prophesied. It's been prophesied. He's prophesied that he's going to die. He got, I mean, if I, I was going to get tortured and, and maimed and all the rest of the stuff, I'd, I'd have that on my mind. But he's on the way and he hears something. It says, Nicodemus, or he began to cry out and say, here's what I've learned with God. You get out what you put in. Jesus said it this way. The measure you meet shall be measured back unto you. You know, I've noticed that the, the world makes room for passionate people. But so does God. James says it this way. Draw near to God, and he will, or God will, draw near to you. God always gives us back more than we give him. He will be indebted to no one. God has no need. He's self-sustaining. In fact, the psalm said, now, if I had a need, I wouldn't even tell you. I own a cattle on a thousand hills. You know, you, you need to understand. I, I, I don't have need. Now, we understand neediness because we're creatures. I need the air to breathe. I need the floor to stand on. God doesn't need air. He doesn't need a floor. He, he, he doesn't need us. He's, he's in himself. He's complete. You hear what I'm saying? So, okay. So God says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. God gives back to us. But what I want you to, to understand is proportional. Or commensurate. Life either shrinks or expands in proportion to your courage to take a God-sized risk. 
If you don't take the risk and trust him, you will lose the chance of reward. But you got to take the risk. So here we have Bartimaeus taking the risk. He ought to have been quiet. He, he shouldn't have been talking. I mean, he's in a room with dignified people. This is the supreme rabbi. But he says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, Bartimaeus had to depend on mercy every day of his life to survive. He was a beggar. But now he was able to turn that, that, that focus toward God. Jesus said this, he said, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And the point here is, if as selfish as we are, as self-occupied and self-obsessed as we are, and we could still find a way to give something to a beggar. How much more God, the creator of the ends of the earth, who's, he's not, he doesn't have compassion. He is compassion. He is mercy. You understand what I'm saying? And if people would have mercy on him, how much more God? You see, Bartimaeus had a different lens than many people of his time. You see, at that point, most people just saw God as a great lawgiver. But when you live based on mercy and, 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 and charity, you begin to look at life a little bit differently. And he recognized that there's no, every kind deed that a human did was basically a reflection of the image of God. Now, now here's the deal. Whether you're saved, unsaved, we all were created in the image of God. It's just some of us reflect that image a little bit better than others. So every act of kindness, he saw the image of God. I could watch a movie with people that, that hate God and are, are flaunting, um, you know, their, their lives, you know, uh, against the purposes of God. I could still see kindness. I, I could can, I can still see mercy. Sometimes I could even see courage because we're created in the image of God. We are image Bearers, And if we as bearers can be kind at moments, how much more our loving and faithful God? 48. Then many warmed him. Most translations say they rebuked him or they spoke to him roughly. And they said, be quiet. See, everyone's not going to always appreciate your passion. Everyone's not always going to understand your cry. Haters are going to hate. That's just the way it goes. But a lion never loses sleep over sheep. In fact, tonight when you go home, text your haters. Dear haters. I have so much more for you to be mad at. I mean, I, I got so much more for you to get upset about. Just be patient. I'll get to it. Y'all know I'm joking. Do not text anyone. (laughs) But watch Bartimaeus. But he cried all the more. He could have walked away offended and insulted by the Jesus crowd. But y'all supposed to be Jesus followers. I I thought y'all were like Jesus. But let me tell you something. Church people will hurt you. 
Yeah. Somebody's like, amen. Church people will disappoint you. But you have to decide why you are here. Yeah. Are you here to, to receive from God or get applause from people? Man, I love you and care about you, but let me tell you something. I'm living for an audience of one. And as much as I love you, I'm not going to let you get in the way of my relationship with God. I'm going to seek it with my whole heart, mind, and strength. You can sit on the sideline. You can talk about me, but I'm not going to let you get in the way of my relationship with God. I don't care, bishop, apostle, deacon. I don't care who you is or think you is or are. Ain't nothing you going to do. Imagine, imagine a woman I'm not married to smack me in the face, and I'm like, well, you know what? I'm not going to kiss my wife anymore. What? Well, she already said, said that's somebody else. Yeah, people hurt you, but God got hurt for you, wounded for our afflictions. By his side, sweet. So are you really going to walk away from God because of people? And if you do, do you really know God? Okay, that landed heavy. But he cried out all the more. The crowd was like, you know, Jesus has more important things to do than to help you. And you're a zero, you're a nothing, you're a nobody, you're a beggar. And, and Jewish people thought if you were a beggar, you were the lowest type of low. And you must have uh, done some major sin to have that type of life. But it doesn't matter what people say about you. It matters what God says about you. And then what you say about you, that God says about you. Here's the deal. If God thinks I'm worth it. Who are you to argue? Who am I to argue? If divinity would take the beating he took, get nailed to the cross in my place because God saw value in me, who are you? Who is someone else? Matter of fact, who am I? To say, I have no value. When God has shown that I have more value, or at least as much. I mean, I know the more, I don't know how to say that. I almost want to clean that up. But God gave up Jesus for you. It is blasphemous. I know this sounds crazy, but it's blasphemous. You are saying God's dumb. Jesus had no sense to go to the cross for you. If you say you have no value, it's blasphemy. You are significant. You are important. You are an image bearer. You may not do everything right, but you are God's child. You belong to him. My little baby boys did not always do everything right, but they were mine. They belonged to me. I changed the diapers. You hear what I'm saying? Fixed the things they broke. 
went to the school meetings. They were mine. And you may think whatever you want to think, but you belong to God. You are God's property. And if God sees value in you, who are you to argue with God? But he cried out all the more. And you got to learn when people let you down, you got to turn it up. You got to let the fire that God has sparked in your heart burn stronger than the winds that blow against it. The, the challenge is a lot of times, you know, you know I, I deal with it too. You know, you, you get down, you, you feel depressed and all different types of things. But, but a lot of times the, the, the real issue is not your bend or, or necessarily what happened. As much as sometimes your fire is just not burning bright enough. You see, when, when, when I'm out on my deck, we, we light fires, particularly in the fall, and, and the family gather around it, and we tell jokes, laugh, and all, all the rest of the stuff, but we make sure the fire's hard enough yeah. such that, you know, if a little wind blows, it doesn't go out. And the reason many of us are so sad and depressed, because we never let our light shine. We never really let our fire burn. And if you, see, it, 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 how easy a wind can blow out a match. How many of y'all used to smoke? I know none of y'all used to ever smoke. But, but, but those of you who knew somebody who smoked, you, you had to do all this to light your cigarette, those who knew. Yeah. But when you have a torch, you hear what I'm saying? When your fire's burning bright, there's no little light wind that's going to put it out. And some of us are so easily offended because we're so little bit on fire. But if we let our fire burn, I'm going to back up. I feel I'm touching some things, but not, not back up from the point, but back up from the text for a second to dig into this. You've been listening to Live Big with Bishop Derek Greer. Join us next time as we continue this teaching. We pray that God's word has equipped you to think big, do big, and live big in a way that your life overflows and blesses those around you. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at Grace Church VA TV. While you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all of our latest content. That's our time for today. Until next time, remember, you have what it takes in Christ to live big. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.